0: Yeah, Adventism is such a small world, um, um, I didn't realize until last evening, um, Harry's parents were, I used to, my wife and I used to pastor his parents about 30 years ago, and he was a young, of course, he didn't sing like that, he, <laughs> and uh It's just amazing as you uh, move about and uh, see children of people that you used to pastor and grandchildren, people, they have grown up and thank God still in the church. What a beautiful day it is and uh, this is the kind of place, thank God that the uh, conference has a place like this where we can come and relax and just uh, breathe God's fresh air and uh, be rejuvenated it reminds me of a couple that uh, planning to retire and they were trying to find a place to retire went from city to city and finally they went to a city of about population of about 1200 people and drove in town and saw elderly gentlemen sitting on the porch and about 90 years of age and they stopped and, and said, sir, is this a good place to retire? We're looking for a healthy place. And the gentleman said, oh, yes, this is the best place in the world. This is, is it really healthy? Oh, it's extremely healthy. When I first came to this city, um, I didn't have any teeth. Now, I have a mouth filled with teeth. <laughs> when I first came to this city, I, I didn't have any hair. Now, you see, I have a lot of hair on my head. <laughs> and and uh, when I first came to this city, they had to feed me. Somebody had to feed me and feed me. Now, I'm eating on my own. And the man said, Well, how long have you been here? He said, Oh, I was born here. <laughs> I tell you, it's, uh, this is good atmosphere. Good. I don't need anybody born here. <laughs> this is good. But thank God for another beautiful Sabbath that he has blessed us with. I want to read um, from the book of Matthew, chapter 16. And uh, as we turn to Matthew, chapter 16 familiar passage of scripture, in verse uh, 13, Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13, it says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Whom do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? <clears throat> Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answering him, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it to you, but my father Who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's what I want to talk about God's church. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for spared life, and that we can assemble here today. And uh, be guided by your Holy Spirit. Remove from our minds any distractions, interferences, interruptions. Take our mind off what's happening back home and all of the challenges there. Knowing that uh, as we focus on your word, you are the solution to whatever it is we are going through. In the name of Jesus, we thank you in advance. Amen. Thank God for the church of God. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I have been blessed by God's church. Uh, I'm thankful for the church of God. Uh, God's church has been called to many things, of course. The bride of Christ, the lamb's wife, the ransom of the Lord, the blood-bought crowd, the salt of the earth, city set on a hill, the ecclesia, The called out ones. Uh, Thank God for the church. Jesus is not coming back for any other institution but his church. However, I think you ought to know, and I'm sure you do, the devil is angry with the church. And he is on a seek and destroy mission against the church. And I want to tell you why he is so angry with God's church. First of all, the church is the one group of people that the devil has not been able to eradicate. The church is the one group of people that the devil has not been able to destroy. And the church reminds the devil where he once was every time the church gathers to worship. The devil is mindful. Microphone. Did I drop the bowl? I'm sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, the devil doesn't want us to hear that. Okay. Okay. I think I have it on. All right. Uh, The gates of hell shall not prevail. Uh, When the church gathers and uh, when we come together as we have done and this morning and and afternoon and we are singing these songs, the devil hates that. Because it reminds him that he used to lead out. And uh, It disturbs his whole being. And when choirs get up to sing and melodious songs and and praises to God, the devil hates that because it reminds him of what he lost. And he tries every way possible to destroy the church of God. It upsets him. Thank God for the church of God. And that's why he comes in and he tries to disturb people and get people mad and and upset. But he has not been able to eradicate the church. When one person in the church gets upset with the preacher, with the choir, with somebody, when one person says, I'm not coming back anymore, and that person walks out, then three more people come in. And when a whole group of people, five or ten people leave, 20 people come in and the devil scratches his head. And he can't understand how and why he cannot get rid of the church. Well, I thank God for the church. How about you? The church does something in our lives that no other institution can do. Parties and get-togethers are good, but the parties cannot do for us what the church can. And when the world would beat us up, the church comes along and fixes us up. Uh, Civic organizations can't do what the church does. Sororities and fraternities cannot do what the church does. Nightclubs cannot do what the church does. The Masons cannot do what the church does for us. Political parties cannot do for us what the church does. The Democratic Party can't do for us what the church does. The Republican Party cannot. The Independent Party, the Tea Party, cannot do for us what the church can do. Football games cannot do for us what the church does. The NCAA cannot do for us what the church does. It is only when I step inside the Lord's house and hear the people of God singing the songs of Zion, hear the word of God being preached and passages from the Bible being read It is only then that my soul is being satisfied. And that's why David said in Psalms 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's just something about the house of God and the people of God that gives us strength and power that you cannot get from anywhere else. And the devil hates that. Not only that, the devil hates the church because it, of what it gives to people. When the future seems hopeless, it was the church that gives us hope. When the world and all of those around us telling us to give up. No use going on. It was the church of God, through the spirit of God that told us, go on, you can make it, you can make it. It was the church, and it is the church that reminds us when we are downcast, that reminds us of Psalms 55, verse 22, cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. And when we did not know which way to turn, it's the church that reminded us of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall what, everybody? And when our hurt hearts are broken by the loss of loved ones, and our hearts are greed, it was the church of God that remind us of John chapter 14 and verse 1 to 3. Let not your heart be what? Troubled. You believe in God, believe also in, in my Father's house are many. If it were not so, I would have. I go to prepare a. And if I go, I and receive you unto myself, that where there ye may be also. Thank God for the church. And when sorrows cause tears to flow from our eyes, it was the church, and it is the church, that reminds us of Psalms 30 and verse 5. Weeping may endure for what? But joy cometh in the morning. Thank God for the church of God. And the church enables us and inspires us to go on in spite of all of the obstacles that the devil throws in our path, in spite of all of the tribulations and the trials, in spite of all of the vicissitudes that it comes our way, when we come into the house of God, somebody, the preacher and the preach word and the songs, We are going to be inspired by the grace of God to make it another day. Thank God for the church. Not only that, the devil hates the church because the church is the only organization that tells people how to be saved. Other organizations, some teach how to get rich. Some teach how to apply for a job. Some teach how to lose weight. Some teach how to pay less taxes. Watch out for that. You can go to jail. <laughs> Some teach how to sell real estate and all kinds of areas. But only the church of the living God teaches man how to be saved. Amen. It is only the church that teaches Isaiah 9, 6, 4, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful. And he is wonderful, isn't he? Amen. Counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the everlasting Father. Only the church, you can only you can only get that from the church. Only the church teaches Matthew one twenty one, thou shall call his name what? Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. Only the church teaches, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Only the church teaches John 10, verse 10, I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Thank God for the church. And the devil hates that. Not only that, the church is our spiritual feeling station where we stop and we become refilled. I can stop by the church when I'm running on empty and get filled up on super octane, high test, premium, unleaded, Holy Ghost power. <laughs> I can only get that from the church. And so as I move through the week and I feel myself uh, running uh, on empty, I can just pull over a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And get refilled and refurbished by the church of God. It's the fuel. The fuel is powerful enough to take me through the next storm on my spiritual journey. Thank God for the church of God. And the church, devil hates God's church. Satan hates and attacks the church because the church helps people And teaches, it is the vehicle whereby men and women find the Lord. And it is the vehicle, it is the mission of the church to spread the good news everywhere. And the church of God has a message that can save people regardless of their addictions and of their habits. The church of God has a message for the alcoholic. To tell tell that alcoholic there is a better high that you don't have to pay for. The church has a message to tell the person who is hooked on crack and cocaine that there is a better way. There is a better way. The church has a message to tell men and women who are down and men and women who are out, down and out, and men and women who are up and out. That you can be saved. I remember some years ago, I was uh, conducting an evangelistic meeting in Birmingham, uh, Alabama. And a mother came, I'm sorry, Birmingham, this one was Memphis. And the mother came to us and asked for prayer for her son, who had a cocaine habit of um, $200 a day. And she asked us to pray for him. Now, $200 a day is an unbelievable habit. But he had it. And I asked, how in the world does a person support a habit like that? He said, oh, well, this was after you say it. I used to go into stores and pick televisions up and put it on my show. People thought I worked there. And I would carry them out, I would rob, I would steal, I would lie, do anything. Well, that we prayed for that young man, prayed for him. And one day he happened to just come by the meeting, and he was high. But the Holy Spirit took human words and floated those words in his direction, pierced his brain, so much so that he came back again. And he came back and he kept coming. He came and he kept coming. And at the end of that meeting, that young man had overcome that habit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Went down into recesses of his mind and his blood system. Cleaned him up. And he was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. And when you would go back to Memphis, Tennessee, and visit that church, the amazing thing is that young man who used to be hooked on and addicted to cocaine and out on the street corner, now sat in the front row as one of the deacons of the church. I mean, there is power, and the church is the vehicle of telling men and women about this good news, and I, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you one, one more, at least one more, uh, to demonstrate the fact to parents: never, ever give up on your children Amen. who have left the church. Never give up. My wife and I were invited to hold an evangelistic meeting, and before we go. And uh, we like to find a place to live, try to get a two bedroom apartment. And we like for it to be on the ground floor. So we went to this uh, place, and the man assured us oh, yes, we have it. The people will be leaving by the time you get here. And so, the day of arrival, we drove up. And uh, the man said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. The only apartment we have is way up on the top floor. No elevator. And we reminded him, sir, that we have all kind of equipment to, to take to the car for these meetings back and forth. He said, I'm so sorry. We, we just thought that the people would be gone. So we were there, nothing we can do. So we climbed up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And uh, one day on the way out to the car. There was a young lady who was standing by her door. My wife and I spoke with her, and I went on down and waited for about uh, five minutes for my wife to come. She didn't come. Seven minutes, I said, something must be wrong. And I went back and looked up, and the young lady had fallen on the shoulder of my wife just crying, just crying, and uh, domestic problems. So we uh, became acquainted with her, invited her to come to the meeting, and she came to the meeting. And to make a long story short, at the end of that meeting, that young lady was baptized. But listen, uh, we did not know that that young lady had a grandmother living in Philadelphia. Who had been praying, Lord, send somebody to help my granddaughter get back in the church. Send somebody. She had been raised a Seventh day Adventist, left the church when she got up in age and married and went out. Now, this grandmother was praying, Lord, send somebody, please, to get her back in the church. So when my wife and I drove up and requested that we would be on the ground floor, the Holy Ghost said, oh, no, I got somebody on the top floor. There is a grandmother who has been praying, and, and it's for you to be on the top floor. And, and we, of course... Up on the top floor, and that young lady had told us, if you had never been next door to me on the top floor, we would have never met. But the good news is that when we pray and agonize, our prayers are heard. And that young lady was able to come back into the church of God. Thank God, hallelujah, that he hears, And the devil hates that. The devil didn't want us on the top floor, but the the God of Heaven did, and uh, and we still need the church today. We need the church because the church because only the people of God have the answer for the sin problem of the world. We need the church because our children are being destroyed by the world. We need the church because drugs are killing the people. Every day we need the church because our homes are being devastated and decimated by divorce. We need the church because wickedness is increasing and the Lord is soon to come. Do you believe that? The church is still the place where those who are broken can be put back together. The church is still the place where the greatest story ever told can be heard. The church is still the place where the cross of Christ is lifted up. And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men uh, unto me, the Lord says. The church is still the place that holds the keys to the kingdom of God. The church is still the place where jagged lives can be made smooth. The church is still the place where those sick with sin can be healed. Still the place where the captives can be set free. Now, my brothers and sisters, thank God for the church. And the fact of the matter is that we must recognize who is the head of the church. The church belongs to God. It's not my church. He said, upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. It is not my church. It's not It's not your church, it's not the elders' church, it's not the deacons' church, it's not the usher's church, it's God's church. And uh, thank God for the church of the living God. And the church is a hospital. It's not a place where everybody is perfect. The church is a hospital for sick people. And we have people who are in the the intensive care unit, and they are asking, does Jesus care when my heart is broken? We have children in the pediatric ward who have been wounded by divorce and abuse and who don't know what it is to be loved. The church is a hospital. We have a geriatric ward for senior citizens who are bred. When I am growing old and feeble, Lord, please stand by me. When my life becomes a burden and I am nearing chilly Jordan, oh, thou lily of the valley, please stand by me. We have an x-ray department. The church is a hospital. We have an x-ray department where God searches hearts by the word of God. The church is a hospital. We have a laundry room where folks can wash their robes in the blood of the lamb. Uh, We have, the church, my brothers and sisters, is a hospital. And uh, praise God, we need to know that Jesus is the head of the church. We We have an operating room where the cancer of sin is cut out. We have a therapy room where men and women learn to walk in the strength and the straight and narrow path. We have a blood bank. The church is a hospital where a fountain filled with blood is drawn from Emmanuel's vein. The church is a hospital where transfusions and dialysis are given on a regular basis. Uh, Jesus is the head of this hospital. One moment he is over in the pediatric ward saying, Suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not. The next moment you will find him in isolation, saying, "When the storms of life are raging, I will stand by you." Then you will find him in the operating room, putting someone's faith back together. Then you will find him in jeriats. find him there telling senior citizens, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Isn't that good news? The church is a hospital. Then you will find the Lord in the waiting room where loved ones learn to wait on the Lord. Then you will find him in the communicable disease section where gossip and lies are brought under control by the Holy Spirit. Then you will find him in the mental health department for those who have seen too many soap operas on TV and watched too many American Idol and dancing with the stars and need consultation with the bright and morning star. Then you will find him in the cardiac of arrest department where he says let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid then you will find him in the waiting room comforting families telling them wait on the Lord wait on the Lord and be of good courage thank God for the church and Jesus is the head of the church not the pastor don't blame it on the pastor he is simply the attending physician He's only there for a while. Who needs, he is the under-shepherd. And thank God for the church of the living God. God's church will never, never fail. Aren't you glad about that? The sun may go down in sackcloth of hair, and the moon may drip itself in blood, but the church will stand. Ellen White says that she will shake, but the church is going to stand. The stars may fall from their sockets and the mountains may fall. The little hills may skip like lambs and, the, and, and everything else may ch- tremble. But the church of God is going to stand. Um, I was on a, a flight uh, some years ago. And uh, we flew off in stormy weather. And the plane that I was on was hit by lightning twice. I mean, it, it shook and uh, I fastened my seatbelt. Uh, I prayed. And uh, made certain I was seated properly. I did everything, but I didn't get off. <laughs> and I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, that the church of God sometimes is going to go through stormy weather. And it's going to shake. We already told that. It's going to shake. But there's no safety in getting off. Amen. Ellen White says that it's going to go through and it's going to land safely. And when Jesus says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. Whenever the word shall is used in the Bible, there is permanence about it. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I, what? Shall not want. And he says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And Psalms 27 verse 14 talking about shall. Jesus said wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. We have there was a shallness about God that you can count on. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Hebrews 10, 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come and will not tire. Thank God for the shallness of God. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 4, oh, I love this. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying; neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Thank God for the shallowness of God. Revelation 22 and verse 12. Behold, you know it, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. You and I can count on the shallness of God. And when he says very plainly, the gates of hell shall not prevail, oh yes, there will be confusion, there will be a shaking, but it's going to stand. There will be some people who will leave and some people who will grumble, but it's going to stand. There will be criticism that will come, but it's going to stand. There will be a gossip and lies and there will be all kinds of attacks, but it's going to stand. It shall not prevail. The devil is mad with the church of God, but you and I, by the the grace of God ought not move. And as I said, on that plane, it shook and it moved and all of that, but I wasn't going anywhere. Mm-mm. It's danger trying to leave the plane. Mm-mm. And particularly when you don't have a parachute. The landing is not going to be a soft landing. And Unfortunately, there are people who leave the church of God and they and for all kinds of reasons, and only to discover that the, it's not a soft landing out there. It's a very difficult time out there. And they, by the grace of some God, some of them make it back in, and some of them do not. I am going to stay with the church of God by the grace of God. It is the church of God that has given me everything that I have and everything that I know. But the devil hates the church of the living God because it saves people. Well, in closing, let me just give you another example of the power of God's Holy Spirit in using the church. When I was pastoring in Miami, Florida, uh, there was a, a, a lady there who was always in trouble publicly. Everybody knew it. She was in and out of jail. And, uh, and when she went to prison, she was the boss of the prison. Are you following me? She was the boss of the prison. And uh, she was a cocaine user. She was a prostitute. And that lady heard the gospel. And her life was turned around so drastically that she led other prostitutes to the Lord. I never, I never forget, I was in a Wednesday night prayer meeting, and I looked up, and I saw her come in, and she had at least five prostitutes behind her. That's, I mean... The Lord performed such a miraculous change in her life. As a matter of fact, I used to, she used to take me, Pastor, come on, I want you to go and pray for this person. Pray for this person. This person is hooked on. This person is hooked on on crack. And the thing that was mind blowing to me is that she took me into the homes of teachers, professional people dealing with our children, had all these same kinds of problems. And God performed the miracle so much that the superintendent of prisons in the state of Florida gave her a special pass to go back into the prisons as a chaplain. Now you know that's unusual. He gave her a special pass to go back into the prisons and talk to the people there. And when she would go back in, those people that she used to boss say, if God could do that for you, there's hope for me. Oh, my brothers and sisters, the devil hates God's church because it is the vehicle of reaching so many people and causing lives to be changed. I'm thankful for the church of God. Are you thankful for God's church? Regardless of what happens in the church of God and how it is is going to be shaken, the church of God is going through. The church of God is going through. Mrs. White says, I saw the church moving toward the king. Many people falling by the wayside, but it kept going. And by the grace of God, I want to be faithful until the Lord comes. How many want to be faithful until the Lord comes? Yes. Thank you, Father, for your love and for your church Church of God shall not fail, be destroyed by the evil one. Thank you for the hope that is given to us. Thank you for the blessed assurance. Bless each of us gathered here. Help us please to be faithful until Jesus comes. Amen and amen. God bless you.